Unlimited Influence Podcast, Episode 28. Are you a coach or consultant who wants everyone to know who you are? Head over to theaccelerantgroup.com and grab your free copy of the Brand Builder Formula. Get ready to accelerate your business results. Hey everyone, Samantha Riley here and I'm super excited to be welcoming today's featured guest, Michael Griffiths. Michael is the number one authority on referral marketing training. He helps people all around the globe to build referral systems into their businesses, use their networks more effectively and create partnerships to fill their sales funnels. Michael helps you turn into a referral authority. Welcome to the show, Michael. Thank you very much, Sam. Great to be here and great to be with all your listeners. It's going to be lots of fun today because I've worked with you and I know that you certainly are awesome at what you do. But before we get into into the interview, I'd love you to just give us a brief outline, you know, pull back the curtain a little. Tell us who you are and what makes you tick. Yeah, lovely. So grew up down in beautiful uh, Melbourne, Victoria, Australia, and moved up to Sydney when I was 17. So they're the two places uh, where I've grown up. But in between, through Dad's work, uh, we've been lucky enough to live in South Africa, live in Canada, live in different parts of the US, live in different parts of the UK, Papua New Guinea. So really had an upbringing, which I don't remember a lot of, but certainly very different cultures and and still remember being stuck up a coconut tree in P&G and <laughs> um, the, the fire rescue had to come. I could get up trees very well. It was just the getting down part. So lovely, lovely upbringing. Two sisters and a brother, all younger. We all go down by two. And sort of elite level basketball coach, coaching at all different levels. Uh, primary school, high school, maths teacher. And then when we came back in 2007, things sort of changed and got sick of teaching and went on and started creating businesses. And uh, this is now the seventh business, sold six, but a lot of fun journeys along the way and a lot of ups and downs. And when I look back on it now, um, I go, wow, what a, what a journey. So these days, Married to, to Catherine, beautiful wife, and Sophie's three and a half, and just yeah, wonderful, wonderful times that we get to share with each other and experience different parts of the world. Wow, what a huge adventure you've been on already! Gosh, imagine what's going to happen next. Yeah, That's- yeah, yeah, very, very true. But uh, I suppose I sort of see it as as Sophie's adventure and doing things which allow her those sorts of experiences and. We've recently come back from Fiji and we always like spending time in villages and looking at the pictures of Soph with their village children and learning from them. And it's those sorts of experiences that I just think are so wonderful in life. I totally agree. I think a lot of the best memories I've got of when we were traveling with our kids, you know, when you're out of your normal life and you're out experiencing different things and, you know, it's different when you're in a different place and not at home. You even interact as a family differently as well. So, Yeah, it's really cool to travel with kids, I reckon. Yeah, true. So I'd love you to share with us, Michael, what's your business now and who do you serve? Yes, lovely. So Referral Marketing Guru came about after having a a huge marketing agency that we sold in 2013 and we went, let's just niche right down to help people generate more referrals. Most people sort of turn up to events, turn up to places, they create 
partnerships with people, but they don't really turn themselves into a referral machine as such. People get referrals every here and there, and if they could get two or three a month, most people are quite happy where I go, well, if you actually structured it properly, you took responsibility for it and you created your own teams, well, there's nothing to actually get get you a referral a day. So that's what we do. We've gone out and we've created uh, systems around that and, and various plans around that that help people to generate referrals, help them to use their networks better, create opportunities through creating collaboration with other people, and really just not having to spend another cent on other forms of marketing if you don't want to. Mm. And that's a, a nice thing to be able to give people that sort of power. Absolutely, it is. Referrals are the best because your leads are pre-qualified. I'd love you to share... If there was someone listening now that goes, yeah, I'd love to get more leads to get my business cracking a bit more, what are maybe three things that they could do this week that could start to set that up? Yeah, lovely. Well, if I look at the things that I would do day in, day out that I think the majority of people do not do, Mm -hmm. the first thing is you need to engage back with your networks. Most people grow their networks and take a prime example, people who connect with people on LinkedIn or people who connect with people on Facebook, but then they never talk to them. Mm, It's mm. like if you don't engage with people, then how do you know what their problems are? How do you know if they need the solution you offer? How do you know who who else is in their network, who else they could introduce you to? There's so much that could happen when you start conversations with people. So I would say to people, well, the first thing to do is actually just go spend 10 minutes and go and write messages to people. Go and start engaging with them and saying hello to them so that you could actually then work out how you might be able to do things for one another or help one another. So that's the, the first thing that I would do. The second thing that, that I would be doing is I'd be identifying what types of people have the same sort of target audience that you do. So you might be, for an example, you might be a particular coach that works with males between the ages of 15 and 25. Mm -hmm. So you go, great, well, who else has those sorts of people? And it might be a gym, it might be a sporting club, it might be a particular extracurricular activity, but you find out who else has them and go and talk to them about collaborating about being able to share networks, about being able to help cross-promote one another. Mm. So if you found half a dozen people who had the same sort of networks that you had, sold to the same sorts of people you did, then you would find very quickly that your business got a lot more exposure and you'd get quite a few uh, new customers, straight clients, straight away. Yeah. So that's probably the second thing I'd be doing. Mm-hmm. The third, third thing I'd be doing is... I would be working out how do I get my business as much exposure as possible. So that can be through social media. That might be through going to different events. That might be through speaking, by doing a podcast, by doing videos on YouTube, by doing live streams on Facebook. There are so many things you can do these days to get more exposure Most people, however, just sit in the corner and hope that people all of a sudden know about their business rather than doing things. And obviously, that's a great starting point. And then that leads very nicely into the things that you help people with in, well, what's your actual brand? What do you actually want to be known for? And actually do that strategically. 
rather than first phase is just do it and then second phase is actually build a brand around it and be strategic around it and then monetize it. They're fabulous, fabulous tips and, and things that people can implement as soon as even even while they're listening to their to this podcast, they could be reaching out on LinkedIn or, or Facebook or whatever it is. And I thoroughly agree with what you were saying there at the beginning. I do a lot of training for LinkedIn. I think it's a fabulous platform. I absolutely love it. But I find that most people just connect numbers. So their connections, they don't even know who they are. They don't know what they do. They don't even look at the profile. They just click the connect now button when, you know, when it comes up suggested people. And, and they don't even open up the conversation. And it's amazing what can happen when you get people starting to chat. Very true. Yeah, very true. Yeah. So I want to take it all the way back to your first business. So what was that, six businesses ago? What, what was that first business that you opened up? Yeah. Um, so that was an education center. So we provided tutors to people's homes. So we had, we had people all the way from sort of, Grade three, doing sort of testing to get into selective centres um, all the way through to year 12. Mm-hmm. And we provided tutors who were sort of, that's what they taught, to people's homes and tutored those people. Cool. So you came out of the teaching and opened up that first business. At that time, what was the journey like of, of leaving a job where you were getting, you know, the, pay in the in the bank account or in your hand every week to going and putting yourself out there. What did you have to work through personally to take that leap of faith? Yeah, yeah, lovely. And, and still to the day, remember it very clearly because <laughs> it's taking the safety net away. And, yeah. and that's what stops most people is the safety net and can I take it away and what will happen when I take it away and will we be okay and will the roof over our head stay and will there be food on the table and they're all the same things that I went through Mm. and you have a little inside voice as we all do that is there to protect you, is there to, that's its sole purpose is to keep you safe. So therefore everything it tells you is to keep you safe. And eventually you've got to be able to just go, okay, little voice, I appreciate what you're saying. Thank you very much. But unless I take the safety net away, I'm not actually ever going to do it properly. Mm. So as a teacher, I was, I had started this business. So I was still teaching and I was still running the business. And eventually you don't have enough hours in the day when you go and you teach from 8 a.m. till 4 p.m. and then you try to fix problems and get new, get new clients and, all the rest of it, you eventually run out of hours. So the day had to come where it was, okay, well, the safety net needs to go and what's the worst thing that happens? So I remember having that conversation uh, with myself and with Kate and going, so what's the worst thing that happens? And I suppose it was fairly fairly lucky that in the teaching game, it's not too hard to go and pick up work if you had to go pick up work. So the worst thing that would happen was, okay, it didn't work and we have to go back and find work. Mm. Now, I think that's probably the worst case with every single person and it might not be the ideal work that you go back to, but it's not hard to find work. So when I look at the people who go, oh, I don't have a job or I don't have this or that, well, it's because you're waiting for the ideal thing to come along rather than just taking work because there's plenty of work out there. 
Yes. So that was the, the, the journey inside my head. That was the, the conversation Kate and I had, and we just went eventually, look, let's just do it, and it's either going to work or it's not going to work, and we won't know unless we actually take a chance. Oh, 100%. Uh, I, re- I, re- I remember that exact conversation with my ex-husband too the day that we decided I was I was in a good government job and well you know we say good government jobs I actually hated the job but (laughs) we we tend to think that they're they're quite safe and secure and I remember that day of taking the leap as well and a very similar story to that probably well now that you're on your seventh business I'm guessing that you thought that was a pretty good jump. Yeah, no, spot on. And don't get me wrong, that first 12 months, there were plenty of times I was ready to give it up and go back. I, I think the, the biggest thing that took place during that first year was getting around people that were already successful, listening to the way they spoke, listening to their language and listening, uh, sorry, watching the sorts of things that they did. That was a huge learning curve very quickly because it was a whole new world that I had never experienced before. So these days where people sort of just use names of Robert Kiyosaki and Brian Tracy and Anthony Robbins and they're they're sort of household names for a lot of people in our circles, Mm. back then I knew nothing about those sorts of people. That was a complete eye-opener and I still remember watching The Secret on video at least, uh, I reckon at least four times a week, and just trying to continue to be in a positive realm rather than worrying about all these things that I've never dealt with before. Yes, that's a really good point that you've brought up there because we don't know what we don't know. And exactly what you're saying with Tony Robbins, you know, I've known about Tony Robbins forever and you tend to think that everyone knows who these people are. And my partner who I met a couple of years ago now was from corporate background. He didn't even know this whole entrepreneurial coaching thing was even a thing. He didn't even, had never heard of it, didn't know it existed. So whilst it's normal for us because we're in this every day, there's a ton of people out there that don't know all this stuff. So there's always parts of our world that we're not going to know. So to get out there and to you know, whatever your version is watching The Secret four times a week is, you know, get out there and do and research and implement the resources that 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 are out there and available so that we can learn more. Yeah, great. Fantastic. So I'd love to have a little bit of a chat. How important has it been for you to build your personal brand? Uh, yeah, good. I, I think when you understand who you are, what you stand for, what you don't stand for, what your message is, it makes it much easier to communicate with the right people. Mm. I think the, the biggest mistake we, we tend to make is we try to speak to everybody and everybody aren't our right people. So that journey helps you, without a doubt, building your personal brand and standing for something. And then when you stand for something and and you um, can help people add value to the people who like that sort of message, then all of a sudden you become quite well known for those things. If you don't stand for anything, if you don't um, get seen, if you're not heard, then really you won't be. It'll only be a matter of time before there is no business. So it really is paramount. Mm, absolutely agree. I'm intrigued. You've had seven businesses. Has your personal brand been different in different industries? 
I don't mean your personal brand being different, but the use or the way you've used your personal brand? Uh, yes. It probably didn't exist for the first five businesses mm-hmm. because I didn't understand the importance of it. I was too busy trying to sell a product or a service rather than build a brand around it. Since a marketing agency, I've, I've I suppose, always spoken then about marketing and now we have just niched down into a type of marketing. So it's probably become strongest in the last three years around referral marketing. And that's more so because, again, we've niched down into something that very few people talk about or talk about properly mm. rather than marketing in general where we were a generalist and we were then up against every other person on the street corner that did marketing, which is at least five on every corner. <laughs> so it makes it hard for your personal brand to shine through unless you um, become really good and known for something in particular. So you could still be a web developer and there's plenty of them around, but what is it that you stand for? So I know as we develop websites, well, we didn't develop pretty websites. That's why I stood against pretty websites. I developed marketing sites that purely were all around you being on the front page of Google and you getting leads coming through your through your website every single day. Mm. And it wasn't going to look pretty, but it was going to be effective. And that's what we were known for. So I think certainly these days we've done a much better job around our personal brand, around our message, around what we stand for, what we don't stand for, and probably appreciating even more and more. And this is hard to do when you're starting out. Because when you're starting out, you're just wanting business. You, yes. you, you're needing money in the bank account. You're looking at, oh, I've got all this to pay or the mortgage is due soon. And sometimes it's hard to go, well, all I'm going to do is keep on my true path and eventually the money's going to come in. That's, that's a tough gig to do when you're at the start. Yes. I think when you're a little bit more established and you don't have to worry about those things, I'm happy to say things that are going to upset people and they're never going to buy from me because they weren't ever going to buy from me before. But I think when you're a little bit newer, it's I want everyone to buy from me because I've got to meet these commitments. Yeah. I think that the first couple of years is a journey. It's a, an exploration. You're just sort of out there and you're just trying lots of different things and trying different methods and kind of doing a little bit of everything but it's part of the journey that has to happen, I think, you know, to sort of find out what is it that I do well or the, the way that I do it well or exactly like you said, what do I really stand for? Because sometimes at the beginning, even though you think you know, as things evolve, it can change a little bit. Would you agree with that? Yeah, most definitely. If I look at what we were, what we were saying, what we were teaching, what we were delivering in 2013, 14, under the referral marketing guru banner compared to now, it's chalk and cheese and things will always evolve and that's the fun part of the journey, allowing it to evolve. Absolutely, I agree. And just relaxing into it and just allow yourself to get out there and do what needs to be done and it will evolve and that's why I work with the clients that I work with. I prefer to work with people that have been in business for a couple of years at least because they're starting to really understand, they've, they've done the hard yards and they're starting to really understand what their point of difference is. And, and you know, it's, it's a lot easier to 
make a decision when you understand why and how you're making that decision rather than just I know, tri- you're just paddling underwater as fast as you can, I think, in that first couple of years. Yeah, very true. Awesome. So there are heaps and heaps and heaps of different ways that you can build a personal brand. There's lots of working parts. If you were to choose three things which have had the greatest impact on the growth of your personal brand, what would they be? I'll be fairly general with the first one. So, so the first one is exposure. Mm-hmm. And you've got to... You've got to just hustle day in, day out to get as much exposure as you possibly can. So using all the tools that are available these days, and there are just so many tools that you can use that help you to be able to get more exposure and build a following. So that that's the first one. Using the social media platforms, using the various tools that allow you to get yourself out there and get as much exposure as possible day in, day out. Mm-hmm. The second one would be stand for something. So be be clear that you're not going to make everyone happy and you're okay with that and that your message is so on target day in, day out that it's very clear on what you do and how you help people. Mm. So that, that would be the second one. Yes. Uh, the third one, create partnerships, uh, leverage into new networks, create collaboration with other people because there's no quicker way to get exposure and to get brand known than to be able to collaborate with other people. Mm. And that might mean doing webinars, that might mean live speaking, that might mean contributing articles, but all of that helps you with point number one, which is getting more exposure. Love that. So just covering off those three things, the first one is hustling to get exposure every single day and using the tools like social media to get your message out in a big way. The second one is to stand for something and be absolutely on target with that every day. And the third one, creating partnerships and collaboration. And I think they're all fantastic, fantastic ways to get your your name out there in a bigger way. Yeah, no, lovely. Awesome. Thanks for sharing those, Michael. If there was one piece of advice that you wish someone had shared with you at the beginning of your business journey, what would that be? They go hand in hand. You, you need to find people who have done what you want to do. It is the quickest way and it's a way we've grown every business as quickly as what we have is I don't want to make the mistakes myself. I don't want to work it out myself. It's it's the instinct of, hold on, the only thing I want is for this to be as big as it possibly can be, as quickly as it can possibly be. Mm. So why wouldn't I just follow somebody who's already done it and just go, great, I'm going to do it that way. So our education centre, I actually went and was a tutor for, for another big one in Sydney just so I could see how they did it. And I just did exactly the same thing. And sure enough, within six months, it grew to the biggest and the people I actually worked for actually bought it off us. Mm. But I wouldn't have got to that by myself if I didn't actually see firsthand everything that they were doing. I understood how they got their contractors, how they paid them, how they used timesheets, how they spoke to, to clients, took the email templates, everything that they were doing. I thought, well, why would I do it all and create it all differently myself? I'll tweak it to our brand and personality. But otherwise, it's already there all for me. 
And that's the same with just about anything that you want to do right now. No matter what sort of business you have listening to this, there are people who have already achieved what you want to achieve. So go and see who those people are and see how you model them. I remember very early on, and it still amazes me today, when I see people who, I'll just take for some example, brilliant person from from Perth in Australia mm-hmm. came, was coming over to the East Coast. So for people who are listening overseas, it's probably a, a five-hour trip for them to come over here. And they, they put out a post of what they were doing, and someone who was literally an hour away, an hour flight away up in Queensland said, oh, I can't wait till you come up here. No. And I was you serious? It's an hour flight. It might cost you $200 return. And that took me back to thinking the tens of thousands of dollars I spent to fly over to the US to get around people that were the best marketers in the world during that time so that we had the best marketing agency, at least in this country, if not globally, that we could possibly have. And that's the sort of the conviction you need to have to go, I'm going to make this happen. Mm. And it might mean that you actually have to travel to go to these people because these people, they're not going to just come to you. And I think that's some of the the best possible things that you could be doing. Find the right people, get around them, be just immersed in what they talk about, how they talk about it, how they do things. And don't just look from a high-level picture of, oh, okay, they're doing this. Ask questions. Why are they doing this? How are they doing this? What are they doing this for? Because that's then you when you really get to understand how to implement it yourself. That is just such fabulous advice, and there was there was actually quite a few different points just in that in that one little bit, which um, I'd love to sort of talk about a little bit more. And and one of them, and it's what I picked up quite early when you were talking there, is that there's a lot of people when they're going into business, they're thinking about their business being the thing that they do. And I call that the front end person or the, or the actual, you know, the teaching or the, you know, the coaching or whatever it is. But the thing is that that's actually a little part of the business. There's a whole back end and it's that bit of the business that's actually bigger than the front end. And I know I went into the coaching world. I used to actually fly. Because at that time I was living down in Adelaide, and let me tell you, no one goes to Adelaide. Like you have to fly everywhere to get out of there. You know, I was coming up to Sydney all the time. I was going to Melbourne. I headed up to Brisbane a few times. I've done overseas as well, and I used to go and for free, actually work at people's events for free, so I could learn the back end of what they were doing. And what you said is exactly right. Find those people that are doing it really well, and then immerse yourself in it. And if it means that you're not even going to get paid, do it because the, the the wealth of experience that you'll get from that is huge. Yeah, so true. Uh, I remember many of people, and I haven't done it, but I certainly have thought about it, people who aren't very good at sales go work in a telemarketing company for three months. The skills that you'll learn, you'll get over selling to people in a heartbeat and what a life skill that is now for you to have in your business forever. Absolutely. I mean, my nephew actually went and did door-to-door sales for a charity. And the, the conversations that he can now have with people are phenomenal for a young guy because he can chat to anyone about anything. Yeah, very true. Yeah. Michael, it's been 
awesome to chat with you today. Thank you for sharing your stories and all your value with us. What's the best way for my listeners to stay connected with you? Yeah, uh, but please connect with us through any social media platform. Probably just going to michaelgriffiths.com.au and then from there, connect with us into our business referral group on Facebook, connect with um, us personally on LinkedIn, on Twitter, on Instagram, YouTube. They're all there. Uh, our podcasts that we send out every Monday, all of that's there. So probably the best place is just michaelgriffiths.com.au and then please connect with us in the social world so that we can stay in touch and um, be able to offer some great value through the various content that we put out. Fabulous. Thank you again, Michael. It's been fantastic today. Absolute pleasure and all the best to your listeners. Thanks. Are you a coach or consultant who wants everyone to know who you are? Head over to theaccelerantgroup.com and grab your free copy of the Brand Builder Formula. Get ready to accelerate your business results. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Unlimited Influence Podcast. You'll find the show notes over at theaccelerantgroup.com. It's your time to shine.